Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Please make sure your seatbelt is securely fastened, your tray table is in an upright and locked position, and that you are ready to get weird and think different. Please prepare for takeoff. Today is Thursday. It is March the 31st, and we are back with another episode of Destination Different. Have you ever just walked down the street, you see a homeless person, all you want to do is just give them a couple bucks, get them a water, a bite to eat, a burger maybe, and you just have no cash in your wallet. Nothing. Nothing you can do to help these people. You just got to keep on moving because you got no cash to give them. Well, my guest in this week's show, this was the problem they were trying to solve for. So my guests this week are the co-founders of GiveCard. Their names are Lorraine and Deeksha, and they are so, so, so incredibly talented, impressive, and driven with what they're building with this company. So GiveCard started exactly how I just described Lorraine is sitting outside a tea station looking to catch the train and started chatting it up with a homeless man. And at the end of their conversation, he said, you know what? Can you just throw me a couple bucks? He said, of course, I'd love to. Checks his wallet, nothing, no cash, nothing that he can give to this person on the spot. So that's a problem here. There's something that can be fixed. And so that day, Give Card was born. And since then, Lorraine and Deeksha have been on a mission to find a way to put money in the hands of the homeless, to put them out of homelessness, to get them off the streets, to get them into homes, to get them into beds, and to help them escape this trap of seemingly no return. And so Give Card is an incredible story that really is driven by the ability to give homeless or people on the verge of homelessness a couple hundred bucks a month. It's not crazy. It's the ability to give them a few hundred dollars a month on a debit card, on a very simple card that they can go and use basically anywhere. You take out maybe liquor stores, take out lottery, casinos, they can use it anywhere. And you give them the money and you get out of the way. And it is proven that doing that has put these people back into homes, has gotten them off the streets. And that technology, that ability to put money on cards and just distribute it is now going well beyond just the world of the homeless. And so that is the story on this week's show with my dear, dear friends on this week's episode of Destination Different. And so before I spoil any more, let me introduce you to Lorraine and Deeksha, the co-founders of GiveCard on this week's episode of Destination Different. I hope you enjoy. Okay, now my first logical real question for you both. Tell me about the grass kickers intramural soccer team. No oh. way. Wait, this is, 
Oh, interesting. I like this question still. That's crazy. The girl. <laughs> wow. I don't know where you found you that. Know, that. That was an amazing team. We deserve to have won more than we did. Um, but there's a lot of heart. It was a lot. The grass kickers yeah. is like, I think 60% give card or significant others of someone in give card or roommates of someone in give card. But a really great team that uh, we kind of lost in a quarterfinal. Or was it Andrew that blew it, Diksha? Uh, we we kind of lost yeah. in a, trying to take a free kick we didn't need to take that ended up being an own goal or something along those lines. So not a great ending. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where you're like, intramural's not that deep but it, it gets pretty it gets emotional pretty yeah because yeah. and so what happened was we had a free kick and he by accidentally kicked like hit someone else on the other team and then it bounced off and went into <laughs> our own goal and after the game all of us were like you know it's totally okay don't worry like it, it's fine we didn't care that much and he was so upset You're he just so would sad. not talk to anybody and it was the last five seconds um so I would say intramural is pretty emotional um but it was great because all of us were friends too like some teams yeah. Some teams, I will say, took it a little too far, but I think we had great sportsmanship. We that's usually, that's usually how it goes. It's funny yeah. that that was, I, so I'm a, I'm a soccer guy. So I had to ask, yeah. I was like, okay, this is, this is yeah. where we're starting this thing. Um, but it's cool that, you know, now the, the team at give card was a lot of that same team that you were sort of playing intramural yeah. sports with. So I guess, tell me like, where, where did this whole thing start? Where was like the impetus for this? business because you got you know not business but you know nonprofit this organization this movement and you guys are still in college as this thing got going so so where did the idea really spring from yeah um I guess I could start with this when I was a sophomore we were all sophomores uh we were all in the same grade but um I went out to dinner with some this is like the classic gift card store so uh yeah but I went out to dinner with some of my roommates went to Alston in Boston got Korean fried chicken it was awesome and I distinctly remember, because it ties in so well, um, one of my roommates took the bill and we all Venmoed him back. And it was a Friday and I just got paid that morning for my student job and I felt good. I was like, all right, here you go. Like, take your money. And I felt good. And uh, we're walking back to take the T, the beeline back to BC. And it was running really late as the beeline often does. And right there on the corner street, there was a person facing homelessness. And naturally we started talking and just it just happened. I don't remember how. And the conversation was super broad and super high levels about sports is about Boston. And as we finally, after 15 minutes, saw the train, like turning the corner and coming down, he said like, Hey guys, like, if you don't mind, um, I need a new winter jacket. It was freezing cold. And he had a really thin jacket. It's like, do you have any cash in you? And we loved him. So we're like, yes, we pulled out our wallets and none of us had cash in it. And that's the classic story, but I apologize. And he said, don't worry. This happens all the time. And I think that if I was to pick a moment for a gift card, it would be that one moment. It's just like, in my mind, it just kept spinning. I'm like, how do you get cash? Gift card has changed so much since that day. But I would say gift card started because of that one thought. It's like, you know, we're all going increasingly cashless. People facing uh, or people that depend on cash in many ways are becoming increasingly marginalized. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And as you moved towards turning this into something you're taking this from an idea to a to an actual tangible thing what were, what were those next steps like for you you know were you hey 
roommate, hey, friend, hey, you know, so-and-so, can you help me with this? Or I'm going to build an app. I'm going to try and figure out how to, like, what was sort of the next step to start building this into more than just an idea? I don't know why or when this change happened, but I feel like this is a change that, like, everyone in startups needs to go through. It's that moment where you go between, I have an idea, I'm going to keep it in, because if someone else hears it, they're going to take my billion dollars, to, like, I'm going to tell everyone I know about this thing and everyone I meet. That was, for whatever reason, that had happened pre-gift card. I don't know when, but when I had the gift card idea, rather than like, oh, here's my money, keep it in my pocket, I told every single person, like every roommate, everyone, and Deeksha can jump in here because Deeksha and I met the very next day. Yeah, I did not know Lorraine at all, had not met him previously, and then we were at this uh, networking event, and after the networking event, he was like, hey, you you're interested in nonprofits. I have this idea. Literally the first conversation we ever had, he was pitching me gift card and that was pretty much it. But it's crazy that that's how we actually met and became friends. Yeah. So within like a day off the idea of gift card, we had five people on board to do it. Uh, like four of which I'd never, or three of which, Diksha, Andrew, and Sophia, um, who are all at this event, I'd never met before that day. And then within a week of it, we had how many people? Like nine people, right, Diksha? Yeah, yeah. it was because <laughs> you were just telling everyone, you're like, hey, you want to do this? Just join. And then, it, and then it became a little too much. Yeah, then we stopped. We capped it off at nine for a while. We were at nine for like a good year or two. Um, yeah. And Lorraine, like, what were you, what were you telling these people to, to get them on board with your vision? Are you like, I'm going to pay you. This is the next big thing. Like, how are you sort of convincing people to join you on this, this mission? I think, uh, definitely not. I'm going to pay you. I think Diksha and everyone that joined were too smart to fall for that one. <laughs> um, I do have to say, it is weird to think that back then I had the same vision that I'm, we're kind of landing on now. There was a, I think, I don't know what it was. And a lot of people land on this themselves without me having to explain this. There was a long-term path. The idea that I remember pitching kind of, um, and that's written down from like my word docs from back then was that first we pitch people um, the idea of a, we just give out cards. First phase one of give cards, just give cards to people facing homelessness. Phase two is we kind of leverage that card and transaction data. Back then the idea was in-house credit scores, but it's like many people face this thing called like, um, it's like the rock bottom effect where it's like, when you become homeless is the lowest your credit scores, your financial statement, all of that, that's your lowest point. And most people progress past that afterwards, but you'll always be like the financial system regarded as that point if you're within proximity to it, which is really sad. And so the idea was that if you were able to give people money or people spend money in your cards and we give out gift cards, we can use their transactions to start building in-house credit, totally different from like completely from scratch. Then we can use those. That was phase two is in-house credit. Phase three was the give bank. And it's a full suite of financial services for people facing homelessness built without needing an address or an SSN or an ID um, around that gift card. So there was always this three-phase plan, and it was always drawn out across a few years. Also, let me silence my notifications now. Um, It was always planned to be like this, which is weird that we're still getting to this point where that's still tied into our long-term vision. It's changed a little, but um, yeah, I think it was that pitch 
that I was giving to people. It's like, this is gift card, but this is also what it's going to be in two years. This is what it's going to be in 10 years, which is weird that I was pitching that. But yeah, that I distinctly remember making that pitch. <laughs> yeah. And Deeksha, like what was attractive to it, to the idea for you? Cause like you obviously, you know, wasn't your brainchild necessarily, but you yeah. hopped on, you know, right away. Um, also, I'm so sorry. My dog is being very needy right now. And so if you, if I'm looking down, it's cause he's right next to me. Okay. Um, so basically I actually don't know. I really can't tell you what, how he pitched it to me. That's a memory that I can't remember. I just remember being excited, being excited about the idea and thinking it was so cool. But the one memory I do have is he told me the name gift card. And I was like, can we change that? And he goes, I already <laughs> bought it. <laughs> and I just have that distinct memory. I don't know why, but I think it was the feeling. I can't remember the initial pitch, but it was the feeling of how he was talking about it. And that got me really excited. Also, I, I, I mentioned before, I grew up in Massachusetts, uh, but I live in the suburbs, so not Boston. And after doing research on homelessness, it's insane the homeless, how many people are facing homelessness in Boston and Massachusetts that I wasn't even aware of. And I think a big part of that was just, at least in Boston, if you want to see homelessness, you can, if you don't, it's so removed from your life. And I I felt like it was one of those forks in the road where either I realize that it's actually an issue and I try to do something towards that, or I can just remain ignorant and pretend it's not even happening. Um, And so I think that that fork of realizing, researching, learning about it, and then there's actually something that we can do to help people facing homelessness, that that pushed me towards it too. Got it. And for for the organization it was a a pretty extensive amount of time between sort of this like inception of idea and i believe it wasn't until you know last spring really that you launched your like official pilot program so what what happened in those years between like sort of inception of idea and first cards and hands with you know people facing homelessness yeah absolutely nothing no uh we were no we met it was funny because I don't think any of us realize how hard cards could be like giving out a card. And this is a little sneak peek is that part of what is on our roadmap for this year is solving this for everyone. And we kind of have already done that, but giving out cards is really hard. It's really expensive. Our first quote, which we only got nearly two years in or like a year and three or four months in was like $750,000 was what it would cost us to do it, which is insane. But, and what um, is it? What does that cost go towards? Like, what is that? Literally just paying a big bank. I'm not going to name the big bank, but a very big bank to uh, for their time and their infrastructure to issue cards to them. It was a very okay. big bank, to be fair. Like Wait, which big. now we've learned it's not it doesn't need to be that expensive. It, it like, doesn't. But, they were being yeah. really rude about that. But anyway, the that period between let's see we started november 2018 we launched cards in 2021 god there's a huge gap between them was hundreds genuinely hundreds of different calls with different banks and issuers and thank god we didn't really understand the industry and so the first calls that we were having were with the people that actually couldn't issue for us but didn't tell us that like just people that didn't have the capability issues. So we were wasting all, all our bad pitches early, which is very good. <laughs> like we were just both getting those out the way early. Um, it was refining. 
it's a very distinct population, people facing homelessness, because they don't have SSNs, like we said, they don't have addresses. And so even getting them a card, there's this thing called KYC or Know Your Customer Convention slash law and fintech and finance in general. And if you don't have the, those pieces of information, you actually can't give someone a debit card. You can't open a bank account for them and those pieces. And so navigating how this could even be possible took us a long time. Those years were very much like having these constant conversations with banks and hearing their rejection. But it was funny because I don't know how we didn't all give up. I mean, there were 11 of us by 2021. We hadn't issued a single card. We'd got marginally and marginally closer over time, but we hadn't got anything definite until I think I finally signed a contract in November, no, October 2020. So it was almost two years into GiveCard when we signed our, for our final banking contract. Before July of 2020, we hadn't even got an offer for a contract. So it was really, really, there was that year and six months or so of absolutely nothing. I'm surprised people stuck around, like 11 people at that point stuck around. That's insane. That's a testament to just like gift card was fun. We loved each other and we were working on it. Like we really were spending time every week on it um, and spending time daily at certain points, but uh, we're college students too. So <laughs> that contributed. But yeah, it was just, we kept meeting, kept meeting banks, kept meeting banks. Then eventually um, we figured out what they didn't like. And it would be stuff like, we don't like that you're giving this much money to someone that can't be KYC. And we're like, what do you mean this much money? And then we find in the next conversation that there's a ceiling. And if we can give people just less than that, we might be able to have that conversation. Then we found out that like source of funds is a huge thing. And if all the money comes from gift card rather than comes directly from a donor to the card, then we actually don't need to do some of that validation for ID and all. And like eventually we came up with this model where various donors and everything gives money to gift card but then gift card is the source of funds for every card so cards can only be funded by us uh then we and as long as the card balance stayed below two thousand dollars we could issue to anyone without needing to do kyc and so we learned this and it was funny because no bank ever told us this but we would have to vary like if we say we're trying to give price people face almost immediately it's like a no and we have to be like oh wait but we have a way it can work and then i quickly pull up like a powerpoint i'd like walk them through the steps and they'd sit there and they'd call their lawyers and then eventually get back to us like okay this could work and eventually when we figured out about a year in that we could make it work legally we had to make it work financially and that was the other big thing i think we had we got $2,600 from a GoFundMe in our first year. And we had $7,500 from winning a BC startup competition. I think that was it. Uh, two years in, we had, yeah, it was about 10,000. So it was somewhere around 10 grand with, in total funds. Yeah, in total funds, like nearly two years in. And the average contract, like, like we said, first contract was 750,000. Average contract was about 150K a year. Uh, so we're at a pretty big deficit. But then I don't know what happened. We suddenly became desirable. I think it was showing banks that we had another bank's contract. And I was a bit of a, an asshole about this. I'm like, oh, but this bank could do it for this price. Uh, or like this bank could do it for this price and stuff like that until we were able to get it down to 25K. So now we're at a 15K deficit. And then it was like this big thing. I it was like a really cool moment. We still couldn't afford 25, but I showed up to one meeting. We're just so put together. And we're like, this is exactly how we're going to be compliant. This is exactly how many cards we're planning on giving out this year. These are these documents. Here's these documents. Here are like letters from this law firm attesting to the system. 
And it's like, and here's the contract from this bank that offered to do it for 25K. Will you do it for free? And they're just like, sure, we'll do it for free. And which is just this insane moment, which is like the call ended. I was like, they're doing it for free, Diksha, they're doing it for free. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was a big, it was years of it, but eventually we launched for free. We're no longer following that contract. We have totally new issuing agreements now. It's this horribly crappy system that really was janky and all, but we got cards out and uh, it was, I don't see another route to have done that. Regardless of how we started, it really helped us because we were really naive. Like we were such naive sophomores. We really thought that we could have all of this set up, um, but we didn't have any industry knowledge. We didn't know what we were doing at all. Um, and I think that really showed in the beginning, yeah. even though we were trying to be confident and things. But now, now after all these years, through through that hard work and through just mistakes and failures, we we figured it out. I feel like we're pretty smart in, in understanding all this now. I would say you're. I would say you're pretty smart. I mean, I like I didn't even realize this completely coming in, but you guys are basically operating like the central bank of, you know, all of this money coming in and out, like you are sort of the central finance hub, which is in, insane to me. I, I always like asking people this question on this exploration of how do we figure this out, making mistakes, all of this. What was your dumbest Google search throughout this entire oh, process? Oh God. oh God, I know exactly what it is. And it's so bad. I, the wording is uh, ambiguous, but the Oh God, the the message behind it is just horrible. It's, can you legally hire a homeless person as a contractor? And that was like, that was the wording. And it was because when we were originally trying to find loopholes and way to make the law work, one thing I was like, what if we get a ton of company cards? Like we were a business, we're an incorporated business. That's actually a big thing that was weirdly to make myself commit to the gift card idea is I just spent like as a student spent like 300 bucks to incorporate the nonprofit the night I had the idea. So it had to happen. I was like, I just spent 300 bucks on it. Like that's like a Nintendo switch I'm missing yeah. out. On. So it's like, um, but anyway, um, yeah, I was like, we're a company like we can get business cards. What if we take every person facing homelessness and we hire them as contractors and we give them our company card because then they're a contractor. And I Googled that trying to figure out and I couldn't find anything. And then I told the law firm we worked with uh, about that and they absolutely lost their minds. <laughs> like, what is wrong? They're like, do not do that. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, like, absolutely not. And <laughs> But it, it's funny. An another nonprofit that we know of is actually doing that. And it's doing like, what, yeah. It was like off of a conversation I had with them back then when I, that was what I thought would work. I was like, yeah, like, we're about to try this. And then like, we didn't. But then two years later, they did do exactly what we did. And I was like, no, 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 don't do that. Like, that's really bad, guys. Like, don't listen to me. I was a sophomore. <laughs> what is crazy, the like trial and error that goes into trying to figure out how to make this, make this work. It sounds like everything was one step forward, three steps back, one step forward, three steps back. Throughout this process, like how were you interfacing? Obviously, there was like the banking side of it, of talking to the banks, of getting the funding, of all that stuff. But then how are you also interfacing with people facing homelessness and kind of like learning who your consumer was throughout this process? Yeah, there are, there are various steps to that. So initially talking about how we were naive, we thought shelters were a great 
avenue to to start out handing cards or this is exactly what shelters want for their participants. And so initially with BC as well, just the amount of service done there, we, we got a lot of connections and we were talked to shelter heads, which were obviously not the, the person that we were trying to give these cards to, but they saw the need for it, except that after actually having conversations with people facing homelessness, no one experienced it. This no one experiences it the same. So we were actually trying to go for one certain population rather than expanding our cards. And so through that experience, we were able to meet people facing homelessness, even just on the street too, just having conversations with them. We get a lot of messages online from people facing homelessness as well, which is the disheartening part only because right now we're only based in Boston and we only have so many resources. And so it shows the need that there are so many people around the country that are interested in our idea. When we first started, we were just an idea and we were worried that this was an intervention that we came up with people that were housed and people that were facing homelessness wouldn't want it. But actually through these conversations, it is something that is uh, a necessity, um, having financial independence and freedom and autonomy and dignity and all those things using a debit card um, as a vehicle for that was really important. Um, But so when we first launched our pilot, we initially thought of launching it through a nonprofit, another nonprofit that serves people facing homelessness or through the shelter system, except that we were launching when COVID occurred and all their resources really became internal, which makes sense. But we were like, what can we do? We have these cards, we want to give them out. So instead, what we did was one day we just went around Boston and hung up flyers, literally just flyers. And we just carried around tape, just hung them up in random places. We, we did go to shelters and they, they let us hang it up on billboards and stuff there. And then the response that we got back from people was insane. Like people actually applied and it showed us there was a need and want because a lot of the, the criticism we got from the beginning was like, people aren't going to use this. No one wants this. You guys are just coming up with this idea. And so it actually showed validation that this is useful. Um, And so people just directly reached out to us. And then um, through our pilot program, we were able to to share stories. And um, also we took a class with BC School of Social Work. Um, and there we, we studied from an academic standpoint of homelessness. And then we got to meet um, with certain stakeholders through it, nonprofits, um, other people that have faced homelessness or are facing homelessness. So we went through it with different channels, but at the beginning, we were just totally naive. And that's where I think um, over the years, we, we figured it out. Tell me a little bit about, you know, I know that there's a, an application process to sort of, you know, you can't, you're not just like giving these out to people on the, on the street. So how did, how did you sort of formulate what that process looked like? And I'm sure there, it was a mix of legal things and, you know, logistical things on your end. And maybe some of it is just choiceful in how you do it. So how did you start to build that process of like, who could get these cards? Yeah. First of all, I just saw Deeksha shush her dog, which is funny. But, uh, he's, yeah, <laughs> he's being uh, so obnoxious. Here. This is uh, this is him. Uh, Lily, 
Oh, it's Evan. Yeah. Evan. He, he actually has diabetes. So I think that. Oh my God. Dude, I swear you tell everyone your dog has diabetes. Like, genuinely. It doesn't go okay, back to the thing. Yes, I know. Well, back to the naivety thing. I just didn't think dogs could have diabetes. I didn't know and that. That's, I, I, that's why I, I, I didn't know that till right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, fun fact I used to run a pet care startup, a pet tech startup. And um, basically, it was like you can log when you fed or walked your dog. And Diksha was actually a user of it and used to track when she'd given her dog her insulin shot, his insulin shot. So huh. my past did cross outside a gift card, but yeah. <laughs> it was an app user. But um, <laughs> uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Um, what was the question? The, <laughs> the, applica- the application process of like how right. you sort of settled on what you've got it now. Yeah. Um, Basically, like Tisha said, we got hundreds of people that applied online and it was very simple form, but it basically talked about like, just simply like, what is your first name? What is your email address? Where do you reside? Like which city do you spend time in? And why do you need this card? Um, That was the first thing we sent out. And we got a ton of applicants. People put all their info in. Most people were pretty honest, which is kind of funny. Like uh, conversely, like some people would be like, oh, LOL, I'm not homeless. I just want free money. But it's like, people would be very honest. Like, okay, you're not getting a card. So some people were really easy to decide who not to, but we basically could afford at our launch for our pilot to give out 26 cards, I think it was. We could afford to give out that many cards, each getting $250 a month. So a good amount. Um, We didn't know um, how we could cut down a few hundred potential applicants down to 26. we, we started with Boston, which filtered down a little bit, but not much. And then we're like, okay, how do we do this? So what we decided is this is a pilot. We want to learn a lot about individuals. And we don't want, like, we know not everyone's going to be open for us to like meet on a biweekly basis and stuff like that. It's like, let's just give people the criteria that we need to run the pilot. And if and we'll see if that filters it down. So like, we want to meet biweekly. You have to be able to communicate with us somehow. So phone, email, text, call, like some way to talk biweekly. Uh, would be awesome. We want to be able to use cardholder data, anonymized, of course, but we want to be able to look and see what, in general, people in the program are buying. We knew that this is stuff that would sound scary, and that wasn't the intention, but it's like, we want to know if you give 26 people $250 a month, what do people buy? I mean, we have that power because we're a debit card issuer. And so Mm -hmm. those were kind of criteria on and almost miraculously cut it all the way down to 26, which worked out. Um, it, it worked out nearly perfect. I think we were short like two or three. I think we got it down to 23, actually. And then we managed to meet more people in the future that wanted that. But uh, 26, that's how we cut it down. It was really just like asking for a little more info sharing, brought it down. And then it was like with these individuals, there wasn't a single person that reached that stage that we counted as ineligible like everyone was in very different stages of homelessness, which we're glad, like even with substance abuse, people were quite open. Some people were like actively addicted to certain substances. Some people were clean and sober. Some people had never interfaced with it. Some people were like couch surfing, not actually rough sleeping. Some people sheltered somewhere like, completely unsheltered, just like street sleeping, didn't want to attend a homeless shelter. Like, so it was very interesting, the variety and that like taught us so much about the population as well. And even like in terms of how long you've been facing homelessness, you had six months, you had 30 years. So real breath right there. You, you just yeah, touched on- another. Oh, oh sorry. Ahead, I keep so. interrupting. No, you're good. No. You're good. Um, I was just gonna say the other part of the application that was really important was that we didn't want to make an ex- in- in- 
exclusive. We wanted anybody to just apply kind of an equitable uh, a system. Um, and some programs require you to, to be sober and not to have experienced substance abuse, um, which really um, limits who can apply. And we didn't want that to be part of our application process. Um, and so the other aspect that people ask us is like, through this process, how do you know if someone's actually experiencing homelessness? But I think in in a general population's mind, people that experience homelessness are people that are on the street or there, there's that stereotype or stigma behind it. But like Lorraine said, there are people that were on the fringe of homelessness, those that um, are, aren't technically on the street, but aren't also are capable of becoming homeless and they don't have resources. And so we just thought all of that was very important. It's also funny that if someone goes to that extent to get that money, they probably need it just as much as everyone else. And so it's like, it, it's hard to find a person that we'd want to exclude from that within that population. Yeah. Yeah. It's just difficult because we just might not have the funds, but we're hoping eventually everyone that's on our wait list right now will be able to, will, will be able to get one. Yeah. So that's, I, I definitely want to hear more about that because you guys start with this 26 person pilot program. And then are you immediately going into fundraising mode where you're trying to, you know, basically bring on money from more donors so that you can service more, um, you know, people, how did that start to work once you launched the pilot program? Yeah, it was funny. Cause it was like, it's, it's weird how these things work, but it's like, at first when gift cards started, we had some money, we had 10 grand. That's money to give is how we saw it. We didn't have cards. We worked for two and a half years to get cards. Finally, we got cards. And it's this first time in the organization, they're like, we have cards, but we're now a three-year-old nonprofit that has never actually spent time fundraising. Like cards was always, I mean, yes, we've been asking donors, building relationships, blah, blah, blah. But like, we'd never been that focused on it because cards was that impossible task that we couldn't see behind it. It was like our event horizon. And it's like, we finally get them. And now like, shit, like where we're going to get the money. And the first wave of donors or potential donors, we had some really generous BCLM, like awesome people that got us to the point of even funding that pilot. Like the money we originally had wasn't enough to fund the whole pilot. So BCLM stepped in. Awesome of them. Like cannot thank them enough. But um, the kind of next step was like general donors and foundations like, we want to see a pilot first. We're not going to give you money until you do a pilot. So, okay, we have to pilot. So we piloted. Awesome. And then we post-pilot. Now, like you say, we have promising results. We haven't given enough cards out to have like concrete data that we can really share. Like everything was really a qualitative, even though we had numbers. So it's all qualitative. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had these experiences. Like we think that we can really make this work. We want to now go and give out 250 cards. Uh, and we want to do $450,000 in giving 2022. That was original like conversation or 2021, even by the end of it, that was original conversation. <laughs> this is a thing that we will definitely keep exploring in this conversation, but Diksha and I realized, and I mean, I don't want to speak for it, that, like the nonprofit world rewards very, very specific things. And I'm struggling to believe that you can be innovative in certain fields and get money as a nonprofit we've succeeded in donors that believe in our vision and that have almost exclusively been BC alum, which is a difficult piece. It's like all of our five biggest donors, four of them are BC alum. 
And it's, they do see the vision. They know what we want to be and they're supporting us, but the foundations, we've had one foundation support us and they're seen as a very future forward foundation. Um, but it seems like the very average nonprofit foundation, nothing against them, but their process is like a two-year process where in your first year, you're, you're expected to be rejected. And that's just like a, that's like a box to tick for your second year of applying. You have to know X amount of people. You have to have relationships with this many people on the board. And it's like, that's just not accessible to a nonprofit trying to move as fast as we are. Like we were in May trying to raise money for June. Like that, we don't have these year-long application timelines. And Diksha is our grant writer or a resident fundraiser in the grant side. So she she just like cringed over there. But um, so she can tell you more about the pains there. But the saddening thing, though, I would say is that the tech industry doesn't provide much avenue either. Uh, again, for a nonprofit, like we were really hopeful about Y Combinator. And this is like the sad, I think that was a really dark moment at gift card is like post pilot, really promising, have these ideas, have this whole big techie futuristic vision. We'd given up a little bit on the foundation side said, okay, let's just go raise on the tech side. Um, and we got really far in the Y Combinator process to the last interview where you meet a couple people, you meet the directors, like everything. And then they decide, do you have it or not? Um, and essentially it was like a 50% chance we had it, like just by the numbers, 50% we did. So we're super excited. And the eventual decision that YC made kind of disappointed us because they were like, we really love you. We love your vision, love your team. We think you're going to do cool stuff, but you just don't have enough money right now. And so come back when you've raised more money. And that was really, that was just a kick in the stomach. It's like, if YC, this like big startup incubator that creates companies out of nothing, if they even won't be the ones to put that first massive check in our hands, who will? Um, that was pretty tough. That was a pretty brutal, brutal moment, I think. And that completely reshaped how we thought. Um, we've even changed our hat. I would say we're not in fundraise mode. Our biggest month of fundraising ever was January, which is awesome. So that's good. And that was off of a Boston Globe article, <laughs> which is good. Mm -hmm. But um, our mindset isn't fundraise right now. It's like, how can we make a sustainable model for a gift card? And again, this is the thing we keep teasing. How can we make a sustainable model that where we don't have to rely on other people to give money out. We can generate those funds and then give it out ourselves. That's essentially what we've kind of shifted our mindset to really around October of last year. We definitively decided that this is the future gift card. And how, how do you generate those uh, here we go. Those funds. All right. Uh, here's the platform that has never been heard by uh, breaking news here breaking on Destination news. Different. <laughs> <laughs> card. Let's hear it. In uh, November, so over the years, again, the hardest thing about what we've done more than anything else is getting the cards. You've heard the full story of how crazy that is. You can't do it if you're not a fintech. We started as a nonprofit that wanted to issue cards. We literally brand ourselves as a fintech nonprofit now because you just can't issue cards if you're not a fintech. It's so guarded. There's so few players that make it impossible for people to do at the general company scale. Uh, if we had a couple million dollars the bank it would be super easy but most companies don't and so we can um if anyone wants to give us a million dollars like yeah that's yeah just let us know but uh <laughs> what we kind of realized is that over the years a bunch of other companies had emailed us thinking we'd because we branded as if we already had cards like if you've seen our site it, it acts like we've been i mean it doesn't act but it, it kind of gives that vibe companies over two or three dozen over time had messaged and said like hey 
could we borrow your card technology to do this? Or, hey, like, and it was like really varied use cases. Some of them were nonprofits, most of them, I would say, but there were quite a few random ones. Like, hey, I run a startup accelerator that is trying to give wellness cards out to every founder that will only work at gyms or spas and these type of stuff. Could you help me? Could I borrow your technology to do this? And there were like many niche use cases. Or, hey, like we're a nonprofit in Boston. We hire youth facing homelessness, but they don't have bank accounts, so we can't pay them by wire. We don't want to pay them by cash. Can we use your cards for payroll? And so many interesting use cases that we just shun, like, hey, like we don't have cards ourselves, but we'll let you know. Or come the beginning of 2021, we were just like, we're so focused on our own pilot, but we'll let you know. But I think it was, we just kept hearing this message from advisors, like people are begging you for a product that you could spin out some time and build out. What if you do it for them and just see like it, maybe that is where you can have the most impact. I think that's the hard thing that Deeksh and I were trying to juggle is we started this to give cards out ourselves. Like a whole point was like, I saw a person and I wanted to give that person money. But now we're coming to a place where it's like, we're not giving the money out ourselves. We're giving an organization the ability to give out the money. And it felt weird. And we had so many conversations and there's some nights where I'm like, I'm absolutely not doing that. And the next day I'm like, maybe we should do that. And we ran this trial in November and Diksha also, I'm like taking command of this conversation. So feel free to just grab it for me. But um, in November, we told two or it was actually three of these nonprofits like uh, that were on this list. And we started with just the nonprofits. We're like, look, we'll give you this platform. Like we'll do it for you. Um, You tell us what you want the cards for and you tell us how many cards you want and how much money you want on them. Send us the money and we'll ship them to you. And that's exactly what we did. And we did 160 cards for these organizations in a month and a half. So we'd done about seven times more impact for in one month than we had in the whole entire gift card through this platform. And I think that's what we knew. I think we're like, holy crap, like we didn't have to fundraise a dollar for this. And what was really telling us the biggest acquirer of these cards for NDA and just most purpose, I'm not going to say who there was, but the company that got the most of these cards would not have given that money out if it wasn't for the existence of this technology. For various reasons, companies don't want to just give money out. But when they know I can give money out on cards, understand where the money's going, give that back to our donors and our board, restrict certain purchases, then it becomes possible. That's what we realize. It's like, and I mean, since then we've been this is the platform. That's the idea is we're going to create a platform where anyone, any company can issue cards, no minimums, no big deposits to put down, really affordable, um, just get cards out within a day. So the whole idea is like what took gift card two years should hopefully take a company one week. Um, that's our kind of mission and vision. And it's not for the big multi-billion dollar transactors we're not trying to compete with like a marketa of the world which caters like the DoorDashes and the ubers the world we're trying to go for the small to medium businesses the businesses yes we have some clients that like want to move hundreds of thousands of dollars i don't know if i'd call that a medium business or a large business but not a billion dollar business just mm-hmm. any company that wants to give cards out that's what we're really trying to do so that's the platform so since then we've had these three clients we've expanded their contracts we're doing way more cards just yesterday Deeksha and I packed 201 cards manually by the way so you just have a stack of these cards we put them in envelopes we put pin cards we activate them we load the money on them we wire the chip on and then we ship it via USPS we did 200 of those um, 
But yeah, we did more in one day yesterday than we did in the whole of 2021. Again, just insane. And so that's kind of the realization of what this could become. We're now at 560 cards issued or 570 maybe. Um, I haven't done a full tally, 16 different states. Like we're way ahead of where we thought we'd be a year ago because of this platform. We have dozens of companies on this wait list and we're gonna slowly welcome them in month by month. The plan is April 15th is the official, the, the gates open to more than just these three and we'll slowly see, but it's not, we've done no marketing in this, nowhere in GiveCard's website or anywhere, no LinkedIn, no Instagram, nowhere does it say that we do this. It's the fact that we still have companies coming and asking for this, like at week on week, just tells us that like this is, and so it's interesting, like the big companies and the issuers in our space is starting to get antsy. Like we currently use an issuer who now we think we took a really big client of this, this new platform um, that is kind of shifting over. And we're kind of realizing now that uh, they're kind of realizing that we're up to something, but most of these big issuers don't know what exactly it is, which is kind of the fun part. It's like with this little company, they could easily crush. It's just the two of us. We've only ever raised in all of gift cards donations, something like 40 or 50 K total ever in the history gift card. I think it's like 40, but it's like, for some reason, we're a little scary to them, which is fun. And we're taking clients. So this is, it's a cool time to be a gift card. <laughs> well, congratulations. That is extremely exciting. And I feel like, you know, is I'm sure scary for you guys in a number of different ways as well, but that is like so crazy. You should be very, very proud of that. Thank you. It's been fun. Right, Diksha? Fun, fun? Question yeah. mark? <laughs> it, it, it's interesting because we because we talk about our, our direct program too, which we we still, it's still in the works. It's just, it's been difficult for us to, to get funds for it at the moment. But, um, but with that, we saw the direct impact, like Lorraine was saying. And so this, this is just a little different. And so for me personally, I had to figure out um, how I felt about my social impact not being direct, like us being um, a vehicle for other organizations to provide that social impact, um, which it sounds a little selfish in, in, in a strange way. Um, but I, it's still a very, like, I like how both this program this platform and our program serve the same purpose is just to offer people um financial support um through these debit cards and there's still oh sorry i was just say is there a thought that at some point and this is maybe even further down the road but like would you ultimately charge a, a fee okay to use this technology you're going to take this and then you would sort of like funnel that back into now funding cards for the homeless is that the yeah so that's actually idea? like when this platform started in dictionary it was just how do we pay salaries sustainably so there is a fee it's not free that was actually a big thing that we realized is we're going to make this thing not obtrusively pricey but pricey enough that no one is just dabbling with it like it's something that it's like you want cards you're not just playing with this thing uh, I don't want to get into the numbers, but that's really where we priced it at is like, it's not going to hurt your bottom line, but you, this isn't the type of money you can just like throw. I mean, most companies, right. not, not, that's the kind of level. Um, and they did. And that does something. There is a vision. It's not enough to, it's enough to pay salaries right now, which is great. That's actually awesome. It's not enough to really fund extensive palaces, the level we want to, we could, which would be great, but there is a, it's, 
all ties together in the long-term 10-year plan, which we just need to keep working towards. Um, there are really cool ways. I think we'll always end up going back to that issuing the cards itself, running our own pallets. I mean, there's a vision there that we really strongly feel about, but the route to it does not necessarily exclude what we're doing right now. Like there's a very cool way we could tie this all together and it really works really prettily. And the key is winning over the everyday individual, which really we have to do by making gift card almost like a household name where it's like, if somebody gets a bonus or something, or even it's just like something as simple as like, where am I going to give to this month? We want gift card to be one of those things where people are just like, many people feel comfortable giving $20 to. Like we'd like it for it to be that. And we think that there are ways that we can do that with this platform. Are you happy that you spent all the years toiling over the cards that now it is, it is reaping its, its rewards? I will say it, it seems too simple. Like I hearing, no, but no, 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 not simple, but hearing (laughs) now that we have the cards, yes, it's a very simple process. And that's what I forget is all the years that it took us to even get the cards because how the platform essentially works is just you, you want a certain number of cards, you want certain funds on them, you order them yourselves and then you get them and we're able to issue that, which is the process sounds very simple. Yeah. And it, it is very simple, but I hearing Lorraine talk about how much we struggle, which I sometimes have short term memory and forget about that. Like it is actually an amazing thing that we're able to do that. I, I just I think I need the reminder a little bit. Well, I get what you mean. Like it's like it's, yeah. it is quite like honestly speaking, though, if we started from scratch today, knowing what we know, it wouldn't take us that long to get cards up. It would take us like six months five months, six months, there's still like a review process that you have to go through and all of that. But I mean, it's, yeah, we just had to find that ourselves. Like I, it really right. just was call we're college students. Like we, we, no one taught us this. We had to learn by failing, which is cool, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to talk a little bit about like your guys's relationship and how you sort of manage the day to day and how you've sort of, you know, how you, how you manage the team. So as you've built this process out, like how did you decide who's going to do what, who's getting, you know, how we're going to bring people on, you know, you obviously have this core crew that's been with you forever, but how did you start to say, all right, you do the fundraising, you do this, you do that. Um, and, and build that team out. At BC, I would delineate between when we were students and what, what we are now, because we had to like our team shedded from 11 to two, but, um, or even 13 at the end of it. Um, basically when we were students, we all had titles, which is funny and cute. I love how every student startup has, everyone's got their titles. And if you find a big team, everyone had a title, head of partnerships, head of advocacy, head of impact. Like we all had, we had it at a growth head of, but, um, that was really just, what do you want to be? Uh, when we were students, it's like, what do you want to be? All right, cool. Whatever reasonably falls within that umbrella we do. We reshuffled roles so many times that give kind of like everyone moved to something new, but um when we were graduating this is a difficult time because we didn't know what we could do i am not from the u.s i had to get a visa to be sponsored to be in the u.s i don't have family here so i need to somehow live gift card needed to happen in boston and so i decided to take up work for another bank too while we worked in gift card like working somewhere where i can expand the knowledge um it's super impactful it's really cool place but we i needed to sustain myself so that was a difficult choice 
one of the hardest professional choices I've ever made. I don't regret it because we've learned so much right now building the platform that we wouldn't have known if I didn't work there. Um, also just like financially thinking about having to financially figure out both of our living and all the whole, that would have been a mess. But um, <laughs> um, then it was like, okay, Deech and I have committed to doing this thing both after graduation. We know that we have some salaries you have to sort out and um, how are we going to divide the work? That one was more, that just happened. It was like, yeah, we have very, yeah, we have very different, different skill sets. I cannot code or do, I took comp sci one and that's it. Like I, and I, I even had to take that pass fail because I was really going to fail that. Um, And so we, it's easier now because we have such distinct skills that like I'm better at certain things such as writing and Lorraine's better at like create <laughs> sorry it's just making fun of me because yesterday i got grilled by the lady at usps because she hated my handwriting <laughs> and lorraine lorraine couldn't even read his own handwriting yeah, either yeah, i couldn't read it uh, that was pretty embarrassing she's like what does this say i'm like i, I don't know <laughs> i have no idea what i wrote i'm sorry i'm really bad like, yeah and she goes you can't even read your own handwriting that's bad <laughs> and she called it chicken scratch too which was even better because is pretty yeah <laughs> yeah um and so that's been pretty pretty easy now but I will say as students it was just whoever had time that week like we all were we all had essays tests or whatever and so even though we would like have project teams like you would have a certain project but what I what I loved about that and I I don't know why we were all like this but if you had a certain project you got it done oh yeah like you did not have anyone like um telling you what you needed to get done uh you had to organize it yourself you had to figure out what you needed in order to get that done. And then you just finished it. And I just think that's insane that we had the, uh, the capabilities of being that structured. And the, yeah, the discipline, like, like it was like, my, all I committed to was cards and somehow the whole organization, like every other part of it was running. Like there was never like this thing where it's like, all right guys, like we need to refocus. It was like, no, like everyone was just doing their stuff it was an insane team culture like I it's yeah. so hard to like replicate I don't know what it was do you say we had like I, a, I have like, no clue like, give card retreat where we all like pitched in our own money and went to Maine and spent like a night or two in a house it was like really cool <laughs> and the insane part too is that like Lorraine was saying how we all met and that the first time I met Lorraine he pitched me give card but now I I I think it's I don't know how we all meshed. All our personalities just came together. We enjoyed spending time together too. We would, we would, add, we would create events where we would all be together on purpose because yeah. that's how much we like. Not even um, working on projects or anything. We would meet up on Sundays and just do homework or something. It really became. Now I don't want to say a BC club because it, it was more than a BC club, but it had that atmosphere to it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and only BC alum and students can understand what a BC club is. <laughs> um, but it's basically your entire life. Sorry. dog getting fired up oh yeah um i i did want to ask too like you know as you guys have started to build this out and is it is it now just the two of you or there is there still some of that core team that's that's working on this as yeah. well yeah 
That was a decision that was pretty tough to make. But when Diksha and I were like, a lot of this next year are going to be very big projects. And so we're going to leave it up to you guys. If you want to pick up smaller things, like let us know. But the big projects we had to keep between the two of us because we could like definitively commit to it regardless of work and everything else. Like, I mean, we knew that we'd do it. Whereas with other people, like we didn't want to put it on someone like we have someone in gift card who's doing investment banking. It's like, how can we expect you to ever do a project? Um, yeah, but, but we still have two people that are still at BC, uh, one senior and one junior who like still work on gift cards. I'm like, Nat is the senior and she's been, she was there on the first night, um, like when I had the idea because she was doing research and like a climate project with me. I was like, hey, what do you think of this? She's like, let's do it, <laughs> which is really cool. So we still have some grounding in BC. It was actually funny right before this call, I was just doing a BC Career Center event. Uh, so we're hiring more BC kids for our next generation. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. As, you, as you've grown, how have you thought about like you said, you haven't really had to market this, you know, that you, you mentioned like you had a spike in donations after the Boston Globe article. So, you know, some of the press stuff, how have you thought about publicizing this and marketing it and what that even starts to look like? I hope that we get more press than we have, to be quite honest. I'm a little disappointed in the fact that like the Boston Globe article was awesome. That was our first major article. And that's like three and a half to four years in. It's like, I would have hoped that we'd have more. It's like weirdly hard for us to get press. Like I really thought it'd be way easier. <laughs> um, so I really want to see more of that. I mean, just that insane drum up like that that does and just the type of people that reach out to just give their time and their money is awesome too. <laughs> but it's the time people, a lot of people give time. It goes a long way. Um, I think, I mean, there's been these really cool concepts that we have, we did like a design hackathon at Bentley where like a bunch of Bentley grad students, which is so funny because this is when we were sophomores, a bunch of Bentley grad students like did designs for gift card campaigns. So these really cool ones like in the New York MTA, like mock-ups like gift card ads up there and really cool stuff like that, that I'm sure will happen one day. But right now we're relying on word of mouth we're allowing you'll probably see as this platform gets announced linkedin has worked remarkably well gift card is a really loyal following of people that are like just supporters and friends that really do share and tell people about it i think our shelter network's been awesome that one person tells one person that tells 12 people and so we do have a lot of people that know about it and our web traffic is pretty good we get like 10 to 20k visits a month which is pretty great the donation rate off of that needs some work but um there are routes i think that marketing is just a piece that we're like it will come but maybe it needs we need to at some point drill down on that i i think we could get creative i think that each card there is a plan for each card to essentially market itself but there's this whole question of like it's a big branding question that we haven't really fully figured out. Like we, our colors are this bright green. If you've ever seen our website, like it's, it's, it's pretty atrociously bright green. We call it gift card green. And originally the idea is like, what if every card was this color? I mean, it's just natural. That's our brand. Everyone sees like, what's that? It's a gift card. But then we're like, this is going to vulnerable populations who might not want to stand out, might not want to let everyone around them know that they've received money from this organization known for giving out money. And so we kind of like dulling the cards. Right now, our cards are like black master cards, just very simple, very discreet. 
um, we are doing a redesign. So I actually don't know what they're about to look like in about two months, but um, probably not that bright and obnoxious. So like who does that redesign for you? Are you guys like just the two of you? Just you're the, the brainchilds of everything? Yeah, we have Eva is a junior at BC who helps with a lot of design. Um, she runs our social media posts and everything. But yeah, I think this one we're just like, what should it look like? Let's figure it out and just like design it. There, yeah, but there are a lot of rules behind it. Like th- oh, this oh, is yeah. where, um, like I just have a debit, like I've had a debit card since high school and I, like, I don't think about how it looks or like what what's on it, things like that. But there are very specific things for, for this design that uh, we're not allowed to put on it or we have to make sure that this label's here or this is here and every it's just it's so complex and I feel like it doesn't need to be but I can't decide that yeah, and that's like- how I feel like a lot of the financial system is too like they make it so oh, complex so like- ni- yeah or niche too like I don't, it just, it should be pretty open, I feel like, but. We're working on some policies today of like what we need for this new platform, like for some certifications, just insane, the type of stuff. Like we have like earthquake recovery plans, volcano recovery plan, like it's actually nuts. Like And we're we're in Boston, like I don't, I don't know when a volcano is going to explode, but if it were to explode, we need to have um, certain steps in place to make sure that everything's (laughs) okay. It was also funny because it's like just the two of us. And so these documents like we're using like templates for a lot of it. It's like the HR team will have this responsibility. And then this team will have this. And Diksha and yeah, I that's the same human. Yeah. Like list the members of this team and we're just on every single yeah. thing. But I, I've been changing the wording a little bit. So I'm like the ex- office of the executive director is doing this role. And that's just us too. That's, so yeah. it does, yeah. Uh, I will, I'll just kind of, I have a couple of like rapid fire ish questions to, yeah. to close out here and then we can, we can shut it down. But um, first one, you, we were just talking a little bit about like, you guys wear every single hat, your name goes on every single line item. Like, how do you start to, I always like asking entrepreneurs, like, how do you structure your day, your week, your schedule? Is there a plan? Do you go in every day with a plan or is it like, today we got to do this tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do something like, how do you sort of map out what your schedule looks like? I, I feel like Deeks is probably better than this than me. I don't map out my week. We work, I think we work a lot on deadlines. It's like, we really know what needs to be done by the Friday of every week. It's like this week, it's like all the certification stuff next week, new card designs, all the designs for our materials the week after all for our new software certifications. So it's like, we know, at least for the next two months, what has to be done by the end of every Friday to hit that. And so it's like every day doesn't matter, but like last night I was up to like three in the morning. Tonight, probably about similar to hit these deadlines. Uh, but then like Monday, I can clock off at like three on Monday. So it, it's very much like 3 p.m. rather. Um, it's very much like just around our deadlines. I think that, Diksha, do you work differently to that? Yeah, so I, I have ADHD. <laughs> Um, so I really need structure and Ritalin, but both of them combined together really helped me because that was the one thing that I was really nervous about coming into this role was that I got my entire life directly straight through school, like no gap year and nothing. And so my life was very structured that way. Also, I played sports growing up. It was just my days 
started at a certain time, ended at a certain time. But now working at this role, it's like, I, my own boss, I have to determine that. And so I really had to prepare myself to get ready for this. And so unlike Lorraine, I need, I need to be up at a certain time. I need to start working at a certain time and then I'll be able to finish, um, which it takes a lot of discipline, but, um, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm doing it because it's, it's really helping me also as a person trying to work my life around too. Cause I will, I will say, um, I like being able to be my own boss and have my own schedule. Cause a lot of my friends, they don't have that ability either, um, which I'm very fortunate about. Like I can take a Friday off and the only person I have to let know is Lorraine. Well, you know, it's funny though. She says that, but it's like, Diksha, like you are your own boss. And like every now and then Diksha's like, yeah, is it, oh, by the way, like August 24th, is it okay if I take half a Friday off? I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like just take the week off. Yeah. I just, it's just like one of those things where it's like, I've never been my own boss before either. And so not like being able to ask someone, is that, is that weird? Is that weird relationship thing too? Because Lauren will be like, I'm just going to take this day off. And I'm like, okay, cool. But for some reason I have to notify him three months in advance. There's so much notice. I don't know what to do with it as well. What do I do with that information? And then he forgets about it. And I'm like, Hey, I'm taking next Friday off. He's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. You mentioned that, you know, the design contest where they were doing wraps for New York subway system. I always like to ask people if you had a billboard in times square, for gift card, what are you putting on it? Definitely a QR code. <laughs> I think that goes straight to a donation page. I, you know, it's funny because I feel like we've done some really creative stuff with like how we announce big things. Like when we launched, we had a a web page that just had like a floating card, like the I front of that, it. the rotating card, the rotating card. Yeah. You have to rotate it, and like then you can see that we're launching and stuff like that. But I'm also like drawing blanks. I like our slogan. I like giving hope one card at a time. I've always liked that. And I like storytelling. Like I love hearing about people that have received a card and their stories. So it could be a really interesting thing. Like focusing on, Diksha, I, I can see you at the edge of your seat. What do you have right now? Oh, I'm just at the edge of my seat. I, I really, <laughs> my mind just went blank when you asked that question. So I'm glad you're just, you're still talking. Okay, sweet. I see that. I do see a QR code that goes straight to donut page and a person's story. And then something like to uplift people like this, scan this QR code or something like that to uplift people like Jerry. Um, I really do like the story side. I, we've always liked the consumer side to give and giving directly to an individual because that ability for like someone facing homelessness to say like, this is what I really like the idea of like, what can give card help you become rather than like, why do you need give card? Uh, we had this social media idea for a while. We never actually got to it where it's like almost like humans in New York, but essentially you'd take a, a, if they wanted to, a person could take a picture of themselves, get a picture of themselves taken, but we would ask them, what is your dream life? Like what, what would you want from society? And then Photoshop them into that thing. So the idea is like, if someone's like, I want to go to space, like Photoshop that picture into a space suit or something cool like that. Like, or even like, if it gets really fun, it's like have an actual studio where it looks like we can get that set up. I've always loved that. And then the story and the caption, uh, maybe one day when we have time to focus on anything but cards. When it's, when it's not just the two of you. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, okay. I have one, one personal question of sorts for each one of you. And then my question that I close out every interview with. So we'll start Lorraine with you. What is your favorite Malawi dish, like food item that you just love the most? Okay. Well, I'm going to cheat at this and say two things because there's one that is entirely iconic that I'll be like harassed by all my friends if I don't say, which is, it's called Nsima. It's like a maize porridge kind of thing. Like it's kind of like a mashed potatoes, but not a rice, (laughs) not a maize, Um, maize, not rice. And then um, with like a, a curry, like a bean stew or like a spinach. But I gotta say, they just do, uh, they just do masala fries. It's actually like, there's like a community of like a Pakistani community in Malawi just as French fries. So special, like it's like battered in the sticky ketchupy thing. That is fine. It's not traditional Malawian, but I haven't had it anywhere but Malawian and it hits different. So that's Okay. All right. I like that. And Disha, my question for you, and this, this could be the worst stocking I've ever done. This could be totally off. Uh-huh. But do you, do you actually knit and crochet? Interesting. I don't know how you know that. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. And what, uh-huh. what do you, what have you made recently? Or do you make anything? <laughs> Mind blown. But yes, I do. <laughs> um, um, recent, so a, a, a little backstory is that growing up, my, my mom always wanted us to do something because she would be working and she would like watch us while she was working. So that's how I started knitting and crocheting. And then now that I have a lot more free time in my life, I got back into it and I made a scarf and a bag recently. Um, if I, if I was in my room, I could grab it, but, um, those are the two things I'm working on making a shirt, like a beach cover up. Um, but yeah. Um, how do you know that? So I will say you have a very unique Googleable name. So I think I, I discovered Did you go on your, my Pinterest? I found your Pinterest. One of your pin boards was okay, knitting yeah. and crochet. And okay, cool. then all of a sudden I was like, well, I got to take a shot in the dark at this. Like this yeah. is this could have been totally off and this wasn't you at all because i don't think there's anything like identifiable that was like oh this is this is you on your pinterest but i will admit pinterest i still don't really understand how it works like i don't get how people (laughs) post and like i don't get how it's a social media i more do it as for my own sake but i i will admit that uh pinterest i'm not that savvy at so I, neither, neither am I, neither am I, I think it's more like a personal thing. You, you save stuff. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you create your own little world on there. Oh, that's very cool. My but, unique yeah. superpower, I think is just stalking people on the internet is mostly okay. what At I do. The end of this, I'm going to ask you how on earth you found out about the grass kickers. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I want to finish my last question, which I think is okay. a good one to, to end out the show. So I end every show with the sign off of stay weird. So I'm going to ask you both. What makes you weird? I have a chinchilla that I teach very, very many tricks to. Like he knows he's more than just litter train. He knows come play, roll around, top floor. Like he knows how to get to the highest thing in a room. I am like obsessive over teaching him sick tricks. So that a makes chinchilla. I have a chinchilla. Yeah, his name's Kirby. He's actually you can't see him right now because it's dark, but he's in a six or five foot by four feet, four foot cage. He's pretty big. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Deeksha, can you top that? (laughs) 
no, because he always uses it. And it, it's one of the things that, because Kirby, he is such a cute chinchilla, but Lorraine really, really uses him. Like he should get some money for how, how well you do that. But I actually really can't think, I'm, I'm a weird person in general. I have weird mannerisms. Um, I will say one of my best friends told me that when you first meet me, I'm really personable and a really good like small talker. Uh, that's fun. But as you get to know me, I get more awkward and weird. And it's just one of those transitions. I don't know, maybe I get more comfortable and then I'm just like, I don't care what happens. Um, but now that you said that, like I subconsciously think about it now. And I, I think I'm just a weird person in general. That is a wrap on this week's episode of Destination Different. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to Lorraine and Deeksha for coming on the show, for giving me their time to talk about what they're building with GiveCard. Sometimes I look myself in the mirror and I say, you know what? I host a podcast with creative people where I kind of just shoot the shit, ask them some questions. I'm not really building much with my life. I'm not making an impact. And then you talk to people like Lorraine and Deeksha, and you're just like, wow, this, they, they are changing, literally changing the world, changing people's lives, and it's so damn impressive what they are building. So again, thank you to them for coming on the show this week. We'll get everything linked up in the description. If you want to donate, that seems like the best way to help them out. Obviously, if you want to support, if you want to find other ways to get involved, great, but I think donations getting the money back into the hands of the homeless, putting more money on these cards. That is the way that you can help them the most. So we'll get them linked up in the description of this show. I'm so excited. I'm so, so, so excited about the future of this podcast. I've been doing some homework. I've been doing some research. I've been trying to strategically put a bow on what it is that the show stands for and where I want it to go. And we're getting close. I think we're going to make some tweaks. I think we're going to make some changes all in the effort of making this show better. So that's what you can expect in the coming weeks, in the coming months. Please keep listening. Please keep subscribing. Please keep sharing because it's only getting better from here. That's all I got. We will see you next week, next Thursday, with another episode of Destination Different. Until then, stay with